Hi, Richard Felix, podcast number five. Well, I'm, I'm so excited because these podcasts, they've gone mad. I'm very pleased to say that you're loving them. Uh, and I'm, I'm big in Japan, which I, I'm amazed at. But yeah, the Japanese people are loving it. America, Germany, but all over the place. Um, I actually can't believe how well they're doing. I am thrilled to bits that you're all subscribing to them. So I'm going to do one now on haunted castles. Because obviously on the ghost tour of Great Britain that we've been doing for nearly 20 years, I make a beeline for haunted castles. Why? Because they're haunted. Because they're so haunted. There's so much gone on in a castle over a thousand years. Siege, battles, torture, torment, death, execution. All the ingredients that create a haunted building. But the big one is because I'm sure a lot of you know about my theories of the stone tape theory. 60% of, of ghosts are actually nothing more than a recording caused during a trauma. That means that haunted castles, or castles in general, are just huge stone tape recorders that record, that hold a memory of tragic traumatic events that have happened over the years. And of course, Great Britain has got more than its fair share of castles and more than its fair share of haunted castles. So, settle back. Don't settle back, not if you're driving. But give me your full attention and let me tell you about some of the most haunted castles in Great Britain. And just to finish, I've got a new ghost walk out now called River Ghosts. I do four different ghost walks uh, around Derby. But probably the scariest and, and the best, in my opinion, is, is the Derby Jail Ghost Walk. If you want more information, then just go to richardfelix.co.uk. All the details are there. I'm also available for hire if anybody wants me to come and attend their, their night vigils or something like that. Derby Jail is up for renting, for ghost vigils, or for parties as well. We do a very good Night of the Condemned. Stag parties and, and hen parties where we put you in the condemned cell beforehand. So there's all sorts of things going on. We're also looking for more stories for the book, ghost stories from you. If you go to richardfelix.co.uk, you can send me your details of that, send me your ghost stories. And I'll shut up now. Just enjoy Haunted Castles of Great Britain. See you soon. Hello. My name is Richard Felix. I've been conducting the National Ghost Tour of Great Britain, visiting some of the most haunted sites in this country. An awful lot of those sites, of course, have been castles. They are as haunted as anywhere else in this country. And of course, one of the reasons is they were built as forts, defensive positions to keep people out. So, of course, the amount of death, pain, anguish and torture that went on within these very walls is, I believe, one of the reasons that these places are so haunted. No more so than here at Tutbury Castle in Staffordshire. Because another reason why I think these places are so haunted is because of the charismatic, famous people that visited them and this place especially 
has got so many famous people to do with it, including the de Ferrers family, Earls of Derby, John of Gaunt, Henry VI, Margaret of Anjou, Charles I, James I, and of course Mary Queen of Scots. Another reason I believe they're so haunted is because of the amount of stone, because obviously all castles, or most castles, are made of stone. I believe that stone especially holds certain properties that allow recordings to be made, just like videotape. And I believe years later, for some strange reason, possibly on the anniversary of that death, or if the atmosphere is similar, then a replay is shown. That event is seen again by certain gifted people. So what we're going to do on this video is to take you and show you some of the most haunted castles in Great Britain. So settle back, dim those lights, give us your full attention and let me take you on a tour of some of the most haunted castles in Great Britain. This is Castle Rising in Norfolk. This is one of the largest castle keeps preserved in Great Britain. And in 1331, it was in this castle that Queen Isabella was incarcerated, imprisoned. She was the wife of the ill-fated King Edward II, who was brutally, horrendously murdered in Barclay Castle. She was imprisoned here by her son, King Edward III, for sanctioning the murder of his father. She lived here in reasonable comfort, visited by her son, the King, and her grandson, the Black Prince. But as she grew older, she became insane. And they say that her ghost still wanders the ramparts. Many, many people, visitors, and guides have seen this tormented figure of a woman running around the area of these walls along this corridor, shrieking and screaming. And they say that the sound of her shrieks sounds just like an old, demented witch. It's especially bad, of course, on dark, windy nights, when the wind howls around these corridors and her shrieks can be heard even louder. It's day two of the Scottish ghost tour. Um, it's been a long way, we're near Stonehaven. The wind's howling. I'm getting more tired and more dishevelled, but we've just come across what I would say is the epitome of a Scottish castle, perched on an outcrop in the sea, not far from the Grampians. This, well, I've never seen a castle like it. And of course, I've been down and had a word with the custodian. And guess what? <laughs> it's haunted. There's various ghosts here. Yet again, Mary, Queen of Scots, stayed here. So did her son, King James VI of Scotland and first of England. 
No reports of Mary haunting it, strangely enough. In 1685, there were in excess of 150 prisoners of conscience locked away in this castle in a dirty, dark dungeon known even to this day as the Whig's Vault. Quite a few of those prisoners died and I'm told that there's a rather nasty presence in the dungeons. The custodians don't like going down there on their own. And yet another green lady that's been seen, a green haze or mist, seen in various parts of the castle and in the tower. A ghostly dog, a large sort of deer hound, young dog, rather thin, seen by the custodian, Mr. McGregor. He went to tell some people to keep their dog under control and the dog just vanished. He's seen it on two or three occasions. A German tourist came to complain to him about the large dog that was wandering around and then suddenly disappeared. A young girl of about 13 years of age, dressed in sackcloth, has been seen wandering around. People, visitors, have come up to the custodians to tell them that there's a little girl wandering aimlessly about. Seemed as if she was looking for her parents. But then, like so many of these ghosts, she just disappeared. That's exactly what I'm going to do now. It's getting very late. The light seems to be going and this is not the sort of place that I'd like to linger around. Certainly not in the dark. I'm at Rithin. Behind me, the Victorian luxury Rithin Castle Hotel. All around me, the medieval remains of Rithin Castle. You can wander these grounds and these remains while you're staying at the castle. It's got murder, it's got executions, sieges, and a fantastic ghost, a grey lady. So, come and join me as I wander these incredible grounds looking for their ghost. I've uh, just been exploring, wandering around. I'm looking for the dungeons, which I know for a fact are under here. I've just gone up there, walked back down, and walked across here. And as I got to here, without the word of a lie, there was an echo of footsteps behind me. Um, I'm still spooked. Every footstep I made, I could hear a footstep behind mine. Turn around to look, nothing, obviously. No footsteps, no imprints in the uh, leaves or anything. But I really, really did hear something. And I don't like it. But I mean, it's broad daylight, the sun's shining, it's, it's the end of June. You really don't expect ghostly goings on at this time of the day. But something really followed me down here. And that's not done me any good, because I'm now going down into the dungeons. And uh, this dark hole, dating back probably to 1282, God knows how many people have been incarcerated down here. I'm going down 
on my own after having something happen to me just there in the daylight. God knows what's going to happen in the dark. And of course, like so many castles, that this goes back, the original foundations laid about 1271 by King Edward I. And castles were built, of course, for fighting. Um, many sieges laid to this castle. In 1400, it was besieged by Owen Glendower. He laid siege to this castle, but it withheld the siege, and he burnt Riffin to the ground. And how many people must have died around here, I don't know. In 1646, it was again laid siege to, captured by Cromwell soldiers, and pulled down. This is the place where prisoners would be held. This is where people would be tortured. And it has a horrid feel about it. A cold, damp, very dark feel. There's something through here. There's an incredible archway through here leading to, I don't know where. Um, <laughs> oh, there's a gap here. It continues, stops here. And yeah, there's a staircase leading to who knows where. Been stoned up for many, many years. And even up here, if I dare. Yeah, there's a little window. A little arrow slip pointing back through there. They tell me that there's also an area completely stoned off where people were actually bricked up and left to die. Through here somewhere. Can't tell whether it's hollow, but there is a hole. Um, where that goes, I wonder if the light of the camera could point through and see how far it goes. Oh my goodness me, it goes right through, the walls are very thick. But legend has it that anyone that puts their hand in there can shake hand, not with the devil, but with the spirits that still linger in here. Dare I do it? <laughs> here goes. Oh, this is not nice. Oh God, can you imagine this if something grabs my hand now? No, it's coming out, I don't like that. No, nobody did. But uh, what a tunnel. What a fantastic dungeon. Of course, the um, chances of ghosts being down here are, are immense because of we're, we're surrounded by stone. And I'm a great believer that stone holds recordings. Recordings of a violent, tragic and premature death. Just listen to it echoing down here. And I believe that on certain times, perhaps when the atmosphere is similar to when the death took place, or perhaps it's the anniversary of that death, the recording is, is released from the stonework. Certain people see it again. But I don't think it's a ghost. I think it's a recording. Exactly the same as pressing the replay button of your video player. You see that event again. And I believe that happens down here. But it's very dark, very dank, rather spooky down here. Um, nothing's happened to me, thank goodness. I can see the light out there. All spirits, good and evil, crave the light. That's where I'm going, to the light.
out into the daylight. It's much better. Um, I've got to find a grave, a lady's walk, and a drowning pit. So I'm going back up to see if I can find them. I'm in search of the grave of the Grey Lady. It's not that often you can actually find the grave of a ghost. I believe I have. This has all the right ingredients. Stonework, archways and ivy everywhere. And through here, I am told, is the grave. Just a pile of stones now, where she rests. Well, she doesn't rest. That's why we're here. She still wanders. She is believed to be the wife of the second in command of the garrison here at the castle. Her husband was having an affair with a peasant woman. So his wife decided she would not be humiliated anymore. She attacked the woman with an axe. She beheaded her. The wife was brought to justice, brought back to the castle and tried and executed for murder and buried here in unconsecrated ground. And I believe that's why she still haunts this castle. The fact that she can't rest because of not being in consecrated ground. Now, it's broad daylight, it's sunny. Whether we can actually get a reading with this meter, I don't know. This is an EMF meter, which picks up electromagnetic fields or breaks in electromagnetic fields and of course energy is everywhere you cannot destroy energy that's why I believe ghosts still haunt but we'll switch it on and see if she happens to be around this morning I would say it's highly unlikely ghosts don't usually appear to an audience but we'll see nobody knows we get any sounds or any change there is a possibility that she could be here well we, right now I don't know whether this would be a head or a feet but we're certainly getting a reading and I, I don't know now look there's there's no electricity there's nothing there's no cables there's no light switches there's no overhead cables here there's no reason whatsoever for me to get a reading here on this spot other than the fact that she could be around who knows I have a horrible feeling she's waiting for me there's just been a tremendous commotion there's, there's peacocks all over the place um, and all of a sudden the meter again is is picking something up here as if there is someone actually oh god is actually standing here by and again there's there's of course there's nothing we're talking of a medieval castle there's no electricity around here but i am getting a very good reading here as if there's something standing by this gateway i think she's going to be with me for the rest of the morning 
I don't like this. Oh God. Yeah, it's absolutely a really good reading. I mean, it's just, the camera can just pick up. She's, I don't believe this. Now look, she's, she's gone. She's got, I mean, nobody will ever know. Nobody will know that because the camera, I don't think, picked up the, um, the reading here on this EMF meter. But as the camera came to me, no, she's back. And she goes, as soon as the camera comes close, there's nothing. I think we've got a camera shy ghost. And this is the area where the Grey Lady walks. Even to this day, this is still known as the Lady's Walk. Um, I wonder why there are so many stories of Grey Ladies. Uh, I believe it's what most people see. I've seen a ghost, and funnily enough, the thing that I say about it was that it was distinctly grey. It was a grey haze, I couldn't tell whether mine was actually male or female, but it was grey, so perhaps that's why. I've still got the EMF meter with me. Um, as I entered the ladies' walk, it was still active. But strangely enough, the one place where you'd expect to find her, she actually doesn't seem to be here. I'm quite pleased about that because I thought she'd attached herself to me and that she may be following us round, but she seems to have gone. This is the most incredible place, one of the best places I think I've been to. It's the Rithin Castle Hotel now. And you've got all the ingredients here for a fantastic haunted weekend. You've got an incredible medieval castle that you can wander the grounds at night. You've got a fantastic ghost story. So what better to do after dinner as it's getting dusk than wandering outside and wandering these grounds alone, if you dare. I'm at Tintagel, um, climbing the steps to the top. The way I feel at the moment, we may well be creating a new ghost in Cornwall. Yes, if my heart keeps going or not, I don't know. Um, I'm now right at the top, this magnificent place. Um, we had to do Tintagel, if we're doing Cornish ghosts. This is the legendary birthplace of King Arthur. He was reputedly conceived here and born here. People say that they still see the ghost of that legendary king wandering around this place. It has a, a strange, eerie feel about it. It's a frightening place. It's full of myths and legends, as is the whole of Cornwall. But unfortunately, this castle built of stone, or even slate as it looks, was built many hundred years after King Arthur had died. Built for Richard, Duke of Cornwall. No one knows why he built such an incredible castle on such a difficult place to build as here. Perhaps he built it because also he knew the legend, the legend of his predecessor, King Arthur.
I'm standing on the mound. This is the highest point at Warwick. This was the first part to be fortified in 1068. It was originally a wooden stockade, but by 1260, this had become a massive stone castle keep. And through these gates here, down below, is the most magnificent medieval castle in the whole of England. And the view from under here is absolutely breathtaking. There are, of course, many stories of ghosts to do with Warwick Castle. One of the most famous is that of a black dog. It's supposedly the changed form of a farm girl called Nell Bloxham. For some reason, the Earl would not allow her to sell produce and milk to the castle. And she died in poverty in her cottage beneath the walls of this castle. The number of spirits of animals that are seen, the number of black dogs, white dogs, small and large dogs, all with red staring eyes, means that animals, just like humans, have managed to avoid the process of death. But probably one of the most famous haunted sites here at Warwick, down here on the right-hand side, is the Ghost Tower. Let's go down and have a look. And of course, behind me stands the famous ghost tower of Warwick Castle. But uh, let's go inside and have a look and see what terrors it holds. What stories can be told from within as I climb the steps. A gentleman called Sir Fulk Grenville was murdered by his manservant in London. He was Lord Chancellor of England. And for some strange reason, no one knows why, but they say that his ghost still haunts this tower. Zoom. This is the gentleman, Sir Fulk Grenville. They say that he didn't die straight away after being stabbed by his manservant. But they say that the doctor botched the job of repairing his wounds so much that 20 odd days later he died in terrible this agony. Fergus Castle in County Antrim. 
a haunted castle, otherwise I wouldn't be here. But the history of this place is amazing. This is actually the oldest castle in Ireland. It was built at the time of Henry II. It's got one ghost for definite, but an associated story, I'm told, with a building across the road. Straight across in front of me is, I can just see it, a place called Dobbins Hotel. And apparently the ghost stories tend to interact. So I'm going inside to see if I can find anybody that can tell me some more. So come inside with me and let's have a look. Right, well, I'm now inside Carrickfergus Castle, or is it known as Carrick Castle? Locally Carrick, but Carrickfergus. Right, and Davy, you are a tour guide yep. here at the castle. Mm -hmm. You also, you're one of those, a bit like me, you like to make history interesting and fun. Yes. So you take a lot of kids around here, of course, we as well. We uh, do year eight secondary school um, Norman tour. Right. Bit of fun for them. Do you tell them the ghost stories? Uh, we always tell them I thought you might do, yeah. So we're inside, we, we've come actually to see the well and of course to hear the story, but I mean this is what the castle looked like. Still looks like I suppose to a certain extent. This was the first bit that was built about 1178, John yeah. of course, it was built for defensive purposes here. And tell me, this is true isn't it, this is the oldest castle in Ireland? Yep. I thought so, that, that's a pretty good claim to fame. It is. But anyway. Ghosts. That's what we're here for. Well, I've only got one for you. Okay, one he'll do. Enough. He'll do. Well, it's Button Cap. He's called Button Cap. Uh, he was a drummer boy in the 17th century when the place was garrisoned here. Right. Um, and behind me is where he met his fate. <laughs> because here we have one of the reasons the castle uh. was built here is <laughs> an internal well. As you said, you can't poison the well if it's in the castle. No, exactly. And of course, you can't use it to get into the castle exactly. and up. Yeah. Is that safe? It's Do safe, yes. It's safe now. It wasn't safe then. Yeah. Right. So he, something happened to him down here, we yeah, think. Well, he fell approximately 50 foot into about uh, 10 foot of water. Yeah. Um, he couldn't swim. No. And that was the end of Buttoncamp. <laughs> and that's it. He drowned in there. And that. And That was his mortal end, at any rate. Right, yeah, yeah. He still haunts the place, of course. Well, he's been seen by a few people. Because he was a drummer boy in yeah. the army, he was feisty for character. And legend has it that the battlements out there that you've seen, yes, uh, that's the 17th century guns. When those were, were in use, he'd charge up and down behind the guns, giving encouragement. Of course, drumming and shouting and generally... Generally, hurrah lads, give them a hard time. Right, yeah. Um, and um, we can possibly meet a friend of mine who works here as well in a little bit, who's actually, when he was 12, saw the, saw the ghost. So he can tell you about... We have an eye, eyewitness. We have an eyewitness. Oh, boy. Yeah. Right. Now, why do they think he haunts the battlements? Is there a reason? Was he, was he hit by fire? No, it's just that fire. He, was, he was just a, this version of the story. There, yeah. There's probably other versions. Yeah. But in this one, he was just, uh, he didn't want to, he didn't want to leave. He wanted to keep on fighting. Um, when, I mean, the place, as you know, was invaded by the French. Yes, indeed. Etc. So any time there was gun action, Button Cab was there giving a voice some encouragement. Gotcha. And that's why he's still around. He still haunts the place, probably because he got so enthusiastic, mm. loved the place so much that he, he tends to linger. Well, we haven't let the guns off so much in the last few years, so maybe if we could let the cannons off a bit, we might bring him back. Hey, that would be interesting, wouldn't it? Yeah. Now, there's another story I have, I don't know how true it is, he was implicated in, a, in, a, in a, a liaison or an affair that went on here between the garrison commander 
and a young lady called Maud at the local hotel across the road. Dobbins Inn, it's Dobbins, a very, that's right. very old place. And he is reputed to have been implicated in it, in fact used as a scapegoat uh, instead of the commanding officer and hanged but of course was innocent. That's right. And they say that's why his tormented soul still wanders around the place because he was actually hanged for something of course that he, that didn't, he didn't do. Yeah. So we've got various And of course you have, the, you have the other ghost Maud, the putative girlfriend. Which of course is at the hotel. Yes. Which I need to go over and have a look and see if we can I see if we can find her. I would say they could tell you some stories about moving things in the kitchen and. Uh, oh wow! Well, like we that. need to do that next. But yeah. can we go and find your Let's your associate, Jimmy? Yeah. Jimmy, and, and tell you have his ghost story. Fantastic! Let's oh, go and have yeah. a look. <laughs> now, Jimmy, you are my witness yeah you've actually seen the ghost of I the drummer boy seen the ghost yes here right outside the castle wall here just on the, outside this spot here right sitting up on the castle wall and when was that 1942 well you must have been a young lad i was 12 12 years between 11 and 12 years of age at that and time. what what were you doing we were oh. gathering driftwood my yep. friend and i we were gathering driftwood we seen a large piece of driftwood we went to pick it up we both looked up and seen the image at the same time. We dropped the driftwood and ran. I should think we, you did. We, we, ran, so, we ran right across the seaweed and all. We didn't stop. So you didn't see him up here? No, outside the castle what, wall. What, down, down? Actually down on the outside? Uh, down on the outside. I'm we, not going to stick yes, my head over there. Okay. Yes, on the out, so on he the was actually elevated or, or suspended in suspension so there was nothing else no one else there no, it wasn't like someone being up here and no. you just happened to see someone go by it was a dark frosty night during the winter of 1942 and there was no one else about and he was in a sort of uniform it was a, like a dark uniform with a dark hat on that is amazing so he does exist well, in my I know he exists. Well, that's all I that matters. I know he exists. Jimmy, that is amazing. Well, that's wonderful. That's all I needed. Thank you very much indeed. I nice to have met you. Thank you. In the 12th century, William de Nubra, a Yorkshire priest, wrote a tale of the wicked Lord of Annick. This man died, was buried, and then his body, or his soul, started to fly around the town of Annick. His foul smell, they say, spread the great plague around here and many people died. He was reported as being a vampire. The situation became so serious that many years later his body was exhumed. The coffin lid was removed and his body was said to be still smelling foul and was greatly swollen. Someone struck the body with a spade and although he'd been dead for many years, he started to bleed. There is another story that he, for many years, walked around the town, attacking the townsfolk. But luckily, he hasn't been reported for many, many years. Just at the back of me here, the two slits in the wall, directly below the kitchens. And it was just down there in the tunnels where the Grey Lady has been seen on many occasions. I'm uh, walking along 
underneath Annick Castle through a tunnel that's not that old actually. Very dark, quite spooky, very cold. It's the story of a grey lady, a young girl in Victorian times, a maid, teenager. She fell down the chute. The kitchens are above us. And she fell down this very chute here, where I'm standing. And unfortunately, the dumb waiter, the lift that conveyed the food up and down from this tunnel, came down after her and crushed her to death on this very spot where I'm standing now. And they tell me that on frequent occasions, people walking along that tunnel have seen the grey lady, the ghost of that poor, unfortunate girl that was crushed to death just here, over 120 years ago. I'm now entering the dungeon at Annick Castle. During the English Civil War, there were over 6,000 Scottish prisoners imprisoned, obviously not here in this room, but at the castle. 3,000 of them didn't make it out, died here and are buried somewhere around here. In here, through this grill, is the pit, or the oublier as it was called. And many of those poor unfortunate prisoners were thrown down there into the pit. And they say that even to this day, people can still hear the pathetic moans and groans of those poor dying Scots. And we're probably now in the most haunted place in the Midlands. Dudley Castle and Zoo behind me here. In 1750, the castle mysteriously burnt down. It burned for three days and the molten lead dripping from the roof made it look as if the whole hill was on fire. And of course, this place has got more than its fair share of ghosts. And with me this morning, is Adrian Durkin, who is the keeper of Dudley Castle and Zoo. And Adrian, you actually take ghost walks, amongst other things, yes. around the castle. Yes, indeed we do. We, we have um, a lot of people who come to visit our ghosts, and uh, they don't just occur in the castle. I mean, obviously the castle is the oldest landmark around here, yep. so that's where you'd expect the ghosts to be. But uh, down here, we've actually got one of the concrete buildings of the zoo, for which the zoo is actually quite famous. Yes. They're built by Bertolt Lubeckin, charming name, Wonderful. Um, in 1930 to 1937. Really? And rumour had it that uh, a couple wearing 1930s clothes could be seen walking round the top parapets of the enclosure there. Um, you know, perhaps some poor couple who were... Uh, um, lost in love but yep. unfortunately the path of love did not run smoothly for them and what they failed to achieve in life they have now managed in death or whatever 
It must be said that was a uh, story that I tended to take with a pinch of salt. Yes. Until on one of the ghost watches that we did in, in cooperation with Parasearch, the Midland Psychical Research Group, um, one of our watchers was actually coming up here and, and saw a strange cloud, a completely unnatural cloud, mm. sort of drifting across the top of the enclosure. So now we tend to take that particular story just a little bit more seriously, and it has become sort of part of the pantheon of ghost stories that we do tell around the site. So they're not all old stories. Some of them go back a mere 50 or 60 years. Oh, yeah. You see, everyone thinks that all ghosts have to be in medieval costumes, and That's it, but yes. it's, it's not the case. No. But, of course, you don't think that the cloud... It's pretty high here. Of course, it couldn't be a, a low um, cumulonimbus or something that, no? Anything's possible, but what, what was noticeable about this was it was a very small cloud, yeah. and it was, according to uh, our informant, behaving unnaturally. I'm not entirely certain what natural <laughs> cloud is, but clearly they felt this was unnatural. Yeah. It was sort of drifting. So it's su certainly a supernatural experience. Well, it was, was for the person who watched it, yes, indeed. He, he certainly counted amongst uh, one of the few that he's encountered. Yeah, that's, that's fine. And, um, of course, this isn't the only one, is it? Oh, There's, no, I, I, I think, actually, um, you know, we're sort of nearly starting on a high point, cause, because from now on, uh, I'm afraid everything goes downhill. Oh, right. um, literally, rather than figuratively, we hope. Right. If you'd like to come. I'd love way. to. When I walked here, saw this gatehouse, I thought, there's got to be something ghostly to do with this, and I presume I'm right, am I? Indeed, yes. Yeah. Although, of course, in historical times, the topography wasn't quite like this, because all this area has been severely damaged by limestone mining. It went right up to the gateway of the castle. So originally, the slope would have been more generous. Really? It would have been possible to ride or take a carriage up to that gateway. Um, I think you'd have a bit of difficulty today. Just a little. But the story goes that uh, it's quite well documented. During the English Civil War, the castle was besieged for the second time in 1646. Yes. Uh, Sir William Brereton's forces were over there. He was MP for uh, Cheshire. Parliamentarians, inside, I presume. Absolutely. Yep. And inside was Colonel Leveson uh, with his garrison of about uh, <clears throat> about 400 uh, royalists. Yep. Anyway, um, Sir William had problems. He had almost no artillery train, so he wasn't going to smash down the castle. Yes. His soldiers hadn't been paid for about six weeks. Wonderful. And so they were in no mood to sort of storm the castle. Mm. Um, and really, the longer he sat outside the castle, the less money they were going to have and the worse position he was going to be in. Mm. So he really needed to get rid of the castle quickly, but at the same time, um, he didn't have the resources to do to this. Do, yep. So he was going to try and talk them out. And so he sent a message up to the castle. And that message would probably have been ca carried by a drummer. Uh, they weren't drummer boys because of 17th century... Correct, very large things indeed, yes. So it would be a young man, anyway, yep. he was sort of trained to do a bit of furtive snooping around when he got in there. Anyway, um, now you would have been able to recognise him even if he hadn't had his drum because uh, drummers were much better dressed. Uh, they were actually, their clothes were paid for by their officers yep. and so they, they, they were a bit of class. So this young lad is alleged to have uh, walked up to the castle and when he got to here or whatever, smack single shot rang out and he fell dead right and it was actually a double crime firstly it was a crime against the rules of war which oh, stated no. specifically that uh, musicians drummers were non-combatants correct I yes mean, yeah. if, if they got shot in the heat of battle that was different too bad. Yeah. serves them right to being yeah. there but you didn't go out of your way to kill them <laughs> correct not yep. least because your enemy couldn't sound the retreat mm. if you potted off all his drummers <laughs> so it was actually quite good to keep mm. them alive so they were non-competent and really it was also a crime against the rules of fate because 
a 17th century musket just is not that accurate. So to pick off somebody down here was with pretty good. With pretty good going. I mean, you yes. wouldn't actually hit a barn de door at 30 yards, would you? Ab absolutely no. So no, that was so, something. Uh, uh, so anyway, um, it is rumoured that this lad was killed yes, here. Yeah. Now, um, the story actually goes that he haunts the building over there. This white That's building right. here? Yes, absolutely. Oh, right. Now, um, several manifestations, and quite a number recently, strangely enough. Um, what we actually get, uh, there was one occasion when one of the people here was working late in the evening, and he... Uh, um, suddenly became aware that somebody had come into the building. Now, he wasn't right. expecting this, he was locked in, yeah. and so he imagined it was the director or something coming back later. Usual tonight. story, yeah, absolutely. Yep. Reality. Um, walked, walked around the building and found nobody at all. He was completely on his own. Um, and so he, he actually sort of did a double take and then said, No, 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 I, I can't be imagining it, and went back to his mm. work somewhat uh, concerned. Yes. And he was doing the same thing uh, a few nights later, and the same thing happened again. And this time he was so filled with terror that he actually ran out of the building. Um, and to get out of the building, he had to come through an intermediate door, which actually slid S to open. Yes. And in his panic, he tried to open it in the conventional way and ripped the door handle clean off. And I think this possibly this story is made even more frightening when you realise that this young chap was an accountant. And they're not noted for their imagination. Well, except perhaps the creative ones. So, oh boy. Um, that, that, that's one story. But uh, recently, we've we've actually had uh, a couple of sightings uh, and some strange occurrences. Uh, one in the cash office where um, uh, it suddenly went incredibly cold, and a an automatic calculating machine on the other side of the room started calculating um, when there was nobody anywhere near it. Wow. And uh, and then down in the cellar. Um, one of our members of staff uh, actually went into the gents, which is down in the cellar, yeah. and as he went past the, the cubicle, um, saw out the corner of his eye that there was somebody in there, so he just walked up and sort of washed his hands yep. or whatever, as you do. Uh, and the, the person in there was wearing the usual dark clothes, which actually on this site characterised the maintenance department. Yeah. And so when he came back, the cubicle was free, he used it, went upstairs. Um, somebody said, have you seen so-and-so, the head of maintenance? And the uh, chap replied, oh, well, I saw him downstairs a minute ago. And somebody else said, no, no, he's not been in the building this morning. Uh, and in fact, there was no, no, one else in the building. no way to account for this figure that was seen mm. in the loo. Um, so you've got to admire the ghost. I mean, he waited, what, 400 years to use <laughs> to that use cubicle. The loo. So yeah. there, there you go. That's amazing. But um, that, that is one of the more recent stories. I mean, we're, we're talking about... Um, uh, November 2001. Oh, really? That particular Very story. recent. When you think so, it's yes, only January yes, that, 2002 that, now. Right. We are talking about um, specifically things that are still happening. Yeah. Most of the sites around here are, I think, what you active. call active. Yes, That's indeed. wonderful. So, um, shall we carry on up? Shall we do that? Yes, indeed. We've now arrived actually at the castle. Now, obviously, most of the stories must... Um, come from this actual site, I would imagine. Yes, indeed. Uh, but strange enough, um, some of them, I'm sure, like many ghost stories you've encountered, are ghosts that don't have stories. Oh, yeah. So um, we, we have an interesting problem here, whereby we actually had a group of people who were on a sponsored um, ghost watch around the castle uh, on Halloween, uh, what, about five or six years ago, yep. something like that, raising money for hospitals. Mm. And um, uh, they were actually in another part of the site, which is also haunted. Yes. Perhaps we'll have time to visit that later. Right. But um, around about 11 o'clock, uh, when nothing had happened, 
and then it hadn't happened some more and then nothing happened again and then after that nothing happened yeah. um, they began to get a bit bored I'm and sure. so uh, a percentage of the group I think sort of about five out of seven of them decided to go for a walk and they came up to here where we are now yeah. and they looked up at the tower and walking on the parapet at the top there they seemed to see a figure and um, uh, quite recognisable as a figure yes. not much detail <clears throat> bear in mind we're 11 o'clock at night yes. now you might think it would be dark but in fact all the light coming up from Dudley reflects back yep. so particularly if you have a cloudy night it's actually quite bright yes. up here so although you can't see in detail you can always see you know there, there's enough light yes. Yes. It's to not get pitch black. vision mm. and so they saw this figure walk and they, walked, they watched it for quite a while um, being intrepid, brave explorers, they, they didn't have the nerve to go up there oh. to find out what was going on. Instead, they went back to their associates and um, w they told their associates what they'd seen. And needless to say, the other two didn't believe a word. Of course of it. not. You're winding <laughs> us up. So it, about uh, one o'clock in the morning, they all decided to come up here. Uh, one of the group was, I'm told, a slightly older lady, and she actually had a car with her. So they put some lights into the boot, yeah. and um, she drove up here, and the rest of them walked. And when the other six got up here, there she was standing by. I can see it, I can see it, she's saying. And they all looked up, and they all saw this figure. Now, if the possibility is that it was somebody having them on... Which, of course, everyone had been walking up and down there for a long, for long time. two hours, you know, in an <laughs> October-November mm, night. No, I wouldn't. So that doesn't seem very likely, no. and they all saw it. Um, they did try the lights, but the lights were no real use no. because um, that sort of range, no. uh, you, you weren't getting any great illumination. In no. fact, they did tend to think that they got a better view of it when they weren't trying to use lights, really. Uh, in the light, That's there amazing. just didn't seem to be anything there. So there you go. But that, that is amazing because, I mean, as I say, on frequent occasions, ghosts don't normally appear to audiences. Well, there's, there's, there's a codicil to this, which is also quite interesting because they, they were all duly amazed, went back and decided at, uh, what, sort of four o'clock in the morning, come up again. Yeah. And when they came up again, some of them reckoned they could still see it, but some of them could Couldn't. see nothing uh. at all. Um, uh, and the interesting follow-up to this is that one of the people on that um, uh, tour was actually a reporter and she actually went to say for the newspaper that they had seen a ghost and their, their editor wouldn't actually let them print oh, it. So apparently amazing. you can say anything you like about the Queen, the Prince of Wales, yeah. the Prime Minister, start admitting you've seen a ghost and you lose no all way. credibility. What a shame. So she, she wasn't, so she had to say some of the members of the group believed yeah, they yeah, had yeah, seen. Yeah. And so, so that was it, the, the end of the story. We've never That's had amazing. a repeat sighting of that. Really? I mean, on the ghost tours that we run around Dudley in various years, we'll, we'll normally bring up two groups and yep. week. Stand them here, exactly. tell them the story. Tell them the story, um, and, and they've never seen anything. And no one else uh, has ever stood at this point and looked up there right, and seen and, it. And seen anything. No, absolutely nothing. Nice one, that is. So, so there you go. Very strange story.